We are Coming In Hot, the podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beats for the intro music. We are recording live from Darling New Media Studios in Midtown Sack. Now, everybody, we got the ultra entrepreneur in the building. We got the ultra restaurant tour in the building. I met this brother. Oh, man, it had to be back in 2016, the burger battle. He was already already a champ. I think a two-time champ by the time they got around to me and asked me if I wanted to be part of it. Now, this guy, I, I got second place. What my dad always says, that son, that's the first loser. So I was, <laughs> I was the first loser up to this guy. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Rob Archie in the building. What up, Rob? That's a hell of an intro, bro. <laughs> That's what I try to do. That's a hell of an intro, man. <laughs> hey, Rob. So we got you from SAC, right? Yeah, I was actually, man, raised in Woodland. I was born in Sac and uh, raised in Woodland. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, my family, I got, I got actually deep family roots in Woodland, man. My grandma was born there. Okay. All right. My- well, whoa, 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 because there, there ain't too many, there ain't too many, <laughs> we ain't too many brothers out of Woodland, Rob. What was you guys doing out of Woodland, Rob? So, you know, my dad had a, he came from Louisiana. He had a trucking company. So that's what brought us to Woodland. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, in the country. And my family originally from, like I said, Farmersville, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I mean, it's 12 miles away, but a world away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of my family from Oak Park, Oak Park and Woodland. Okay. That's it. All right. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a big gap there. So yep. born born in Sac, you move out to Woodland. How do you get back to Sac? And when did you come back to Sac? I didn't come back to Sac man until after I came from overseas. So I basically, you know, went to college, uh, Sac City, mm-hmm. Santa Rosa Junior College, Sac City Junior College. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hooped, you know what I'm saying? So okay. then I ended up going to San Diego State, and then after that, I went and played a season in, in Italy. And okay, that's, and then after I came. Italy, I came back to SAC. All and right. Pretty much ever since, man. Like basically like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, you going overseas and, you know, playing ball. Like I, I never knew this about you. Um, so how did you get into basketball? You know, you're in Woodland, you're playing ball at Woodland high. I, I guess, is that, is that where you at? I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest of four, you know what I'm saying? So okay. my brother hoop. And so, you know what I'm saying? I was turned on to it at a young age. I was hooping at, you know, seven years old. So, mm-hmm. so it's just what I did, you know, and, and, you know, being competitive, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, I'm trying to beat cats and, and basketball was that vehicle to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like it was too much to do. I wouldn't, you know? And so it's like, that was the way kind of for me to get my identity. And, mm-hmm. As I worked on the truck with my dad and I, and I hooped, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I got that, that work at real, real fast, real early. Yeah. So you, you come back to the sack in 2001. What, when did, 
Pangea start to form? Because that that's your first operation, correct? Yeah, yeah. So Pangea didn't open until 2008. So mm-hmm. I, when I first came back, like from Europe, I didn't really know what I wanted to know post basketball, and you know, kind of as a as a young professional. And I got into master's program. I was going to be a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. I got my undergrad in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And so um, I worked for basically a social worker <clears throat> for agency here in town. I ended up starting my own nonprofit. Okay. It's called Advanced Student Connection. And actually, Greg, my nephew, was one of the first students I had in that program who's now the head chef here, you know, at Urban Roots. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> that was the thing. It's basically a college prep program. Okay. And you know, I always had in the back of my mind, I wanted to do a concept, you know, living in Europe, you know, the pubs and cafes and all that, it really inspired me, man. It gave me a whole different way to think, you know, especially looking at the stage from the outside, you know? So, um, I just did it, man. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We had a property, you know, at what Benji is right now. And it was like, let's just dive in. So, you know, my wife had my back and we just, you know, with, I only had three months restaurant experience like busting <laughs> tables of red lobster prior to opening Pangea. Okay. Like straight up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, let's just, let's just jump in and let's just figure it out. Yeah. And that's what we did, man. So let's, let's get there because, you know, growing up, you know, Woodland, you go overseas, you play ball, you come back, you're like, all right, you know, they have a lot of pubs out there, you know, it looks like it's cracking, but you go, to the Land Park area, ESAC, and why why that area, and why are you are like, you like you, you're going into this? You like we're gonna make our own beer. We like this is this is a tough sell to me right now, man. Because you, yeah, you ain't even talking about the collapse, the economic collapse. You know what I'm saying? You didn't even talk about that. Okay. That's 2008. So I'll tell you why. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Pangea came to me in the middle of the night, you know what I'm saying? After enjoying myself and relaxing. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking about like three in the morning. I'm like, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I tell tell my wife, I said, I want to call it Pangea. So Pangea is the actual location has two zip codes. So it's Oak Park, 95817, and, mm-hmm. and Curtis Park, 95818. Okay. Right? We demoed the space. It became one space. So I called it Pangea. We know, like, all the landmass, right? Okay. So when I was in Europe, man, it's like simple things were better quality. Cheese, bread, beer, wine. Things that we just, you know, you do every day. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because you realize you're like we have a lot of resources in the states but yet this is considered upper class to have decent cheese decent meat different you know just good food good Mm -hmm. beverages Mm -hmm. so what inspired me was just to get excited about just bringing that to people so it's like when i discovered great beer i would just wanted to share it Mm-hmm. And it was straight just like that. See, so I'm telling you, man, I just wanted to. And so I just kept going back and forth to Belgium, um, just traveling back and forth to Europe mm-hmm. and seeking out these things that are blowing my mind. And I just want to share them with people. Yeah. So that's where really that passion came from. And at that time, 
you know, you had this economic crisis where people couldn't afford a new house. They couldn't afford a new car. Houses getting taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the best beer for 10 bucks or even, you know, we had $25 bottles of beer, $50 mm-hmm. bottles. Of beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like things that you hand sold and, and it, it was something that we're passionate about. And, and you take true advantages. You went in. Is the internet breaking up a little bit? Yeah. You're good. Go ahead. Is it good? Okay, yeah. cool. But yeah, man, things things just went from there, man, where it was just kind of like, you know, just being passionate about something, man, and just sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, 2008, I, I remember this very clearly because I was at uh, Crush 29, back in 2008 and crush 29 opened up in uh 2006 crazy yep. busy like lines out the door like people had to wait like an hour for drinks and then i remember like it was night and day people started coming in because i don't know if you know about crush 29 the company like this is the guy that owned all this real estate out in placer and surrounding areas and plus he had like 70 something jack in the boxes and yeah. he he just stopped paying like everybody you know from construction workers and there people start coming in to the restaurant looking for the owner of Crush 29 and i just yeah. remember back then like he was a developer you know what i mean so like I, we had people coming in like open your safe kind of shit, you know, like it was, it was crazy. And like, I remember 2008, just that's when crush 29 just went downhill because they weren't paying their bills. They weren't paying the construction person's bills. And so I remember very vividly 2008 when this, the economy just started cracking. So are crumbling, but you're like, fuck it. I'm going to open up a beer spot, make, you know. <laughs> At that time, we were brewing. I was just like, man, and, and like, if I would have took that business plan to anybody, like, I was looking at our prices, mm-hmm. and at that time, man, we were charging $8 for an 8-ounce pour of Chimay mm-hmm. or St. Bernardus, right, or mm-hmm. whatever beers, you know, that we're, we were you know, serving. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we're just like, some people, you know, they enjoyed it, and some people, Go back and look at our Yelp comments, man. Mm. Motherfuckers was like, is this dude crazy? How are you gonna charge this much? Such, 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 right? Yeah. But you know, it's you know, at that time, so speaking of economic time, so the thing is, see, so is I started that business straight up just with savings and it's cash. Like I didn't get my first credit card mm. until probably five to six years after I opened, everything was paid COD. All right. And even still, I have no debt, like because that time taught me, like, if you're going to do it, you got to be able to do it. Yeah. And you got to, you know what I'm saying? You can get a false reality floating credit and doing all this mm-hmm. stuff and having these ideas. And it's like, man, I remember going to Smart and Final, like, man, I'm about to go get this loaf. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to yeah. go get whatever it was. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to, you know, give it up and I'm going to make it do what it's going to do. And I knew, you know, I was counting my beans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was, it was a crazy time. 
Yeah, and if if people are out there thinking about opening restaurants or any kind of, you know, if you think about opening a brewery, listen to Rob. Don't you don't need no credit cards. If it's going to work, it's going to work. Why put yourself in the debt trying to make uh idea in your head work? You know what I mean? The the loans come in further down the road when you're established and you're like, "Okay, I can pay this back." Because what do they do, Rob, when you're new to the business? They want to give you that personal guarantee. And they slap that motherfucker in your face like, yeah, we could give that to you. And they slide the personal guarantee. But a personal guarantee is everything personal to you. Why open up an LLC if you're just going to do fucking personal uh, uh, agreements? It don't make no damn sense. And when when people come up to me and it's like, how much did you get, you know, to open Nash and Proper? Nothing. Nothing. I I had an idea. I had an extra truck. (laughs) That was it. Yeah, see, I respect that's crazy because we really clicked. You you talked about how we met at the Burger Burger Battle, Mm -hmm. and we really clicked. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this brother's cool, man. And he gets it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and you could cook some good fucking food, too. So I was like, <laughs> because at the time, we never exchanged contacts Nothing. and shit. Yeah. So like, I see you, you know, see your trucks and shit around. But, you know, it's like we never came in contact. No. But all the time, I'm like, this dude gets it because he, he's out here, man, in his truck. And he's going to make it work. And I knew... Y'all had lines. At any given time, y'all could have went and tried to get some credit. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have tried to went big at any, you know what I'm saying, that's your first line. Mm-hmm. He was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. I'm waiting until you, y'all going to have to prove to me that you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, it's, it's respect, man. That yeah. it's, it's humbling. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so you're doing Pangea. You guys are doing really well. I, I start hearing these rumblings about this Pangea burger. And you know you're you're all you're all over the news. You're a Sacramento legend with this burger. You know you you win the first, uh, not the first burger battle, but when was your first burger burger battle win? The first one I believe was in 2011. Was okay. it 2000 2012 maybe? Okay, yeah, because I I, I think I I did the burger battle. I think like 2015, so it, it was around that time. Yeah, but I think that was your second or third win. Yeah, because you yeah it was like a second or third yeah because uh, that man and I'll tell you man Rodney that, that that cat did a great job with that event man shout out like, to Rodney it's great brother man man I love that dude like it's so it's put together so well and mm-hmm. it's it's competitive but it's fun and it's like it brings out the best and you know it's like like I'm 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 from sport right so it's like. I always got off on that kind of energy, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's a lot of people that you don't, uh, don't realize they've never been in that situation before mm-hmm. with an audience right in front of them, with their competitors next to them <laughs> and they're putting out their hearts. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's, it's a great event. And it's like, you know, we've had the best times, man, at that burger battle, mm-hmm. man. And I still say you know, that I, I love talking shit. Cause first of all, <laughs> I love me. I love my burger. I love talking shit. Yeah. It's like, it's never been beat. Yes. Like, and it's, we sell at our place so yes. it ain't like yes. you know and i tell you it's just salt and pepper it yes. ain't no you know yes. it's what it is right but it's it's hella funny because there's so many chefs that i respect that's mm-hmm. like they're in there and at first i ain't gonna lie there's never been a year that i walked in 
in there and I wasn't intimidated mm-hmm. by the pedigree there's people competing in that. No, and like these like, are like the top chefs of Sacramento, you know, grinding, bur- you know, grinding brisket and short rib and chuck and making their own buns and, you know, like all the, you know, these top flight ingredients. And you came in there, patty, salt, pepper, cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, and Pangea sauce. There it is. Simple, perfect fucking burger. Yeah, so one one thing that's crazy is about the, uh, you know, you talked about the special sauce uh, of the Pangea burger. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if I ever shared the story, but uh, Rob Rossi, who who created the burger, him and Adam Peckle from Thule mm-hmm. at the time used to have these beats, right? And they used to, you know, go at each other. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I told him, I was like, man, I want the ultimate burger. Okay. And I, that was like one of the things I was like, we and him worked hard on that burger, man. Cause we were like, I want the texture, right. The size of the bun. I want everything right. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got the sauce. And he called it the, uh, D2T sauce. And it's a death to Thule. D2T. So he over there talking shit. I never tell that story, man. But it's all love. You know, I know Thule did close, but you know what I'm saying? Hey, I love, hey. Hey, Adam, I, just so you know. That sauce was to put you. <laughs> I love I that. I love Thule. I also love that burger, too. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I, you, know, it, you know, nature happens. Nah, that, that, that reminds me. I got to get Adam on here. So. Go get Adam. Yeah, Adam. Shout, shout out Adam on that one. That's funny. All right. So, so you, bring the, you bring this burger to the burger battle. You win. You win. You win the first year, and then you go to, like, Vegas or something for <laughs> the National Burger something? Yeah, we went to Florida. Oh, okay. And, and we went to Disney, the little town of Kissimmee, like the Disney town. Oh, wow. Celebration, the town of Celebration. Okay. And they did a bur- we did the burger battle out there for the world, right? So they had, you know, people from Europe all over. And our burger came in seventh in the world. Oh, wow. So it was... It was dope. I mean, you know, we didn't win it, but it was still dope to just be, you know, top 10. Yeah, seven out of how many? I think there was like 80-something oh, wow. uh, contenders. Oh, so shit. it was like, you know, it was good, man. That's for real. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're at Pangea. You guys are doing well. Um, built this thing from the ground up. And then you say, fuck it, let's get in the barbecue. <laughs> so, because, that, hey, hold on, hold on, because barbecue isn't just slapping some shit on the weekend. Let me let me throw some meat on the grill. Because that's what people, you know, like you go to somebody's house, Rob, they talking about their barbecue, then you go over there and they got shish kebabs. That ain't barbecue. That's grilling. And everybody has... An opinion. Yes. It's like this. You got soul food. Yes. Barbecue. Fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Everybody's aunt, uncle, cousin, mama does it better. Yes. You already know you're losing. Yes. You ain't going to win, bro. <laughs> exactly. So I already know. So look, when it came up, I said, look, so how Urban Roots came about was, so my partner, Peter, right, who's the brewmaster here, he, at the time, 
he he had started his own beer company, right? It's called Odonata. Okay. And he has some partners, and it was just they didn't have a facility; they were just contract brewing. Mm. And at the time, man, I had so here's another thing people understand. Like, so when we opened in 2008 and 2009 and 2010, in that time, I did not have. I don't know if I had any local breweries on draft at Pangea. Okay. Right. At that time, there was just hardly any around. Right. I mean, you had a you know, couple, but there was just not around. And I was Belgian centric. So I was very particular. And so it was like Peter had the only Cezanne that I had only uh, that I drank from, especially around this area that I was like, man, that shit is hella good. Mm-hmm. Like and because most of them were like bubble gum. They're just overdone. Yeah. So anyway, we got a connection all the way back then. Okay. But it's just to say, like, how much the beer industry has blown up since then. Mm-hmm. You know, now we have almost 100 breweries, right, in yes. this region. Yes. But I always told Peter, I said, listen, uh, that partnership didn't work out. And so he ended up working for Brewer Supply Group. So he was working for the largest ingredient seller in the world. Okay. And so selling ingredients, he's making a lot of money. He's traveling. He's working with, you know, professional brewers and his idols and all that stuff. So he has a great job, but I told him, I said, listen, if I ever do a, another thing, I won't do nothing unless it's with you. Mm. So 10 years, bro, 10 years, I didn't do nothing. So he's, was, he's gone. He's like doing his own thing. He's not part of Pangea anymore. No, Who's no, brewing the beer at Pangea when he leaves? No, no, no. We weren't brewing at Pangea at that time. Oh, Okay. So we were just retail. So gotcha. we were just brewing beer. So there's no brewery done. So when Peter, we didn't work together. We just knew each other. So then when I talked Peter into coming and doing the project, it was 10 years later. Okay. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So he got three kids. He's like, man, you know, it has to work. <laughs> like there, you know, we got to do something. So when I found this building, it was Brownie's Blueprint. Okay. And I actually got my blueprints done here from Pangea. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. And this building was on the market for probably like three years mm. dormant. And when we came in there, it was like, I kind of seen it. And then I was just like, man, this could happen. But it's a challenge. It's in the middle of the neighborhood. Yeah. You know? So it was like, it was, it, you know, long story short, we seen like, we're like, okay, this project could work here. I could see where we could do enough. You know, we have enough production space. We have an event space. We could, you know, outdoor seating on, on, I checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was able to kind of rope them in to, you know, really going full scale, quitting his job and, 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 you know, partnering up and doing what we're doing now, man. Yeah. So it was a crazy, crazy trip. So where did the barbecue aspect come into this? Because, you know, you, you're trying to, you know, like have a space for uh, your partner to brew a beer. How did the uh, barbecue aspect get, you know, because again, we all way on V Street. We, you know, yeah. like right. right. Are you <laughs> all my locations except for Bach, all of them are. You know, I mean, well, Pangea is not bad as Gunther's is there, yeah. but it's like it's not crazy desired locations. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you how. So my nephew, you know, one thing about Greg is he's always been a tremendous learner. And okay. he's always willing to continue to grow, take feedback, grow, and he'll research, he'll research. Mm-hmm. So at the time he started as a busboy at Pangea. 
Okay. This, and then he worked himself. He didn't know. He was 16 years old, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he worked his way up onto the line, back down to dish pit, mm-hmm. back up on the line, sous chef, and then chef at Pangea. Okay. Right? And it, well, actually, he didn't even get to chef because that was when he came over here. So his whole thing was he loved barbecue. He loves smoking meats. That's what he did. We had a little smoker in the back, and he would do – so we would do these pop-up dinners. Mm-hmm. And he would just do these – you know, he would do ribs. He would just fuck around and do all kinds of stuff out of the smoker. Okay. So we started traveling. And so we started hitting, you know, a bunch of spots. We'd read up on spots in California. We'd go taste them. And then, you know, we had to go to Texas – you know, Nashville, we just started going Memphis. Mm-hmm. My boy was coaching at Memphis at the time. So we went out there and, and you know, ate a bunch of barbecue out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just something where we just kept, you know, traveling, coming back, testing stuff, testing stuff. And it was like, we took it serious. Cause I know, I mean, it's just like beer. It's just like anything. Mm-hmm. There's people that, that are, their lives are dedicated to that, mm-hmm. to smoke, to yeah. frying chicken. Mm-hmm. to you know and so it's like we wanted to do something to where we were doing it respectfully yeah. and we were doing it from our honest like not trying to do it from our perspective but not trying to be something else so it's yes. like barbecue with a california twist yes so that's how it was man and it took a, it t- it took a while man to just really get our identity our rhythm and consistency you know that's the hardest thing with barbecue is consistency yes that's just the hardest thing. You could say anything. It's like you got to be consistent. Oh, and yeah. And that's with any kind of food or any kind of business, you know, like if you're not consistent, then the Yelper is going to come after you. And, you know, as much as we, you know, like sometimes we get miffed at these Yelpers, they are part of our business now. And, you know, and, you know, most of us don't like it, but we have to learn how to adapt of what, you know, how we can stay consistent with me. I went to weighing out everything, you know, like I, you know, I have bins where I only put a certain amount of chicken in there, you know, like there's a regular rigorous way of how to bread the chicken. There's a rigorous way how to fry the chicken. Yeah. I could just, you know, put a bunch of spices and some flour, throw it in a fryer. Are people going to come back? You know, cause my hand is this big. My prep person's hand is this big. So, I had to go to the metric system because I needed to have five different locations do the same exact thing. So consistency is number one, especially in restaurants. All right. So he killing it with urban roots and you know, like you got your beer program, you got the barbecue, uh, really good barbecue, by the way, Burgess brothers, you, you, you got in their top five. So you're doing something right. They, they was mad. I don't know if you heard. I, I guess you didn't take the cornbread recipe, and I told them, there ain't nobody trying to, you know, get some packaged cornbread because what's going to happen is people going to be like, oh, what recipe is this? Oh, we use Burgess Brothers, and they going to look at you weird. You know? So, <laughs> what I, what I tell you, like, listen, listen. You know, you know what it is, Cecil's look. Bro, <laughs> it's like keep it in context. Yes. Just keep it in context. Like, like our vibe, we're making everything in house. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like making it in a house. And it's like, you know, a lot of times it ain't going to make or break your thing. Like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm the type where you got to understand, man, Pangea happened because I had one rule. I said, if it's not an ecstatic, yes, it's a no. Mm. And that's how I built my draft list. Okay. That's how we, that's how we built our food program. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to, I have to be inspired by it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, once this is not about friends, it's not about any of that shit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, because this is our livelihood. This is what I'm telling people I'm passionate about. I'm not saying this is my homie shit. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this is what I'm passionate <laughs> about. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, like, you know, everything we want to do, we want to be able to do something that's inspiring to us. So yeah. I don't, I would never force nothing on one of our, you know, any of our team members and say, man, I want to do this because it's the homie. Yeah. Wow. Great answer. All right. Yeah, no, I, I understand fully. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. I, 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 yeah, I've, I've tried, and you know, like the the things that I can't do, I do purchase outside. But anything else, it's all like ketchup in house. Yeah, like exactly. I, I, I don't even like fucking ketchup. So yeah, so like yeah, get the little package over there. Yeah, that's fine. I don't eat ketchup on shit. So yeah, if they want ketchup, <laughs> then go right ahead. Um, so, <laughs> so urban roots is cracking. Pangea's over here winning all kinds of awards. And then he's like, fuck it. Let me go down the R street corridor and open up Bach. And let me tell you this, Bach, Bach, Bach was on my, my, uh, my list that I was doing for Nash and proper names. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, it was. And then all of a sudden, I, I started hearing this Bach, and I'm like, oh, that's just taken. So, <laughs> yeah, but it was it yeah. was on the list of names for Nash and Proper. Um, so you get with the Sellings Group, right? And you yeah. open up Bach. How did that um, partnership come about? Um, why R Street Corridor right next to Shady Lady uh, uh, Burgers and Brews right is down there? Um, yeah. Why? Why? And you took over the old Magpie, correct? Correct. All right. So, so how how do you hook up with the Sellings Group, and how do you guys get to opening up this box with the nod to Gus's? Don't think I don't know my fried chicken. Oh, <laughs> ah, yeah. ah. No, let me tell you on oh, some real shit though, CC. Yeah. You ever heard you heard of Golden Bird? I have not. Cause okay, so check it out. So the first so Golden Bird used to be in South Central. So my grandparents stayed in South Central in 36th place in Western. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So whenever we go down there, I used to spend my summers down there. Okay. And so it was a trip like where we would go down the first place we stop at, you know what I'm saying? Is Goldenbird pick up a bucket and then take it to grandma and grandpa's. And that's how we showed up the doorstep. Ah. And that was the first wet batter chicken. And you couldn't tell us shit. <laughs> so what's crazy is my boy, uh, my buddy, Dave Fisdale, uh, at the time he was coaching, he was the head coach for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. He told me, man, y'all should come out to Memphis, you know? So me and my wife were like, man, let's go out there and go check it out. So we wanted to go, you know, look at some barbecue and do some stuff anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So he tells me, he's like, I said, man, uh, you know, what spots you got to, you know, tell me where to eat. He said, man, bro, you got to go to Gus's. And that was the first time I ever heard about it. Okay. And 
Uh, we went there and he goes, you get there early. Cause it's, uh, you know, I think we got there at nine o'clock. It opens 11, man. It was already a line. Mm-hmm. And bro, that chicken, like you said, now wet batter is hard. Yes. Like that shit is hard, but we've had consistency issues. We've had some, you know, like we had some challenges with that because temperature, Yes. you know, like you said, just the consistency of that batter and it just, Everything. It, it drove me crazy, bro. I ain't going <laughs> to lie, man. It, it drove me crazy. And it's just, it's just, people aren't used to it. You know, it's just a different thing. But that's what definitely inspired us to do that. But back to how I uh, connected with the selling. So Josh Nelson, who is, uh, you know, the CEO of Sellings Group, mm-hmm. he lived right down the street from Pangea. Oh, okay. So Josh and I have been friends since, since I opened Pangea. So he come down, have beers. And so we used to have this thing where we call like Wednesday nights, you know, we just get together every Wednesday mm-hmm. and we would just talk. And so what happened was Ed was like, Hey, we're, you know, we want to move. And so he reached out to us. And he was like, Hey, the spots available. Well, I always loved magpie spot. I always loved the energy of that spot. Great location. And so, you know, he was like, this, this is what's happening. I said, man. And then we were just like, let's do, man, we should just do something simple. Mm-hmm. Just, Alcohol and chicken. Yep. Because it's our street, right? So it's a bar. Mm-hmm. So, man, that project took, I mean, dude, we, it was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. we were supposed to open up that project. I mean, we basically started it when I opened, when I started Urban Roots. Oh, wow. Like, it was in the mix around that time. Like, I don't know all the exact times, but, dude, you got it. Like, you know, we had to do all the stuff with ABC, and then they ended up tearing up the whole street. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, I We're do. Like, we tore it up all the yep. way to the doorstep. Mm-hmm. So that was like six months. Yep. And then the guy next door at the guitar shop, he was like, I want to move out. So then we're like, well, we could take over that space too because Magpie was small. Mm-hmm. So we knocked out that wall. So then that was another time lapse. And you know what I'm saying? And that. So it was like, by the time we open, we're already a year and a half or something from when we signed a, you know, the lease. And then, you know. So there ain't no more TI. You guys paying out the pocket right you know, now. <laughs> and, and, and we got to get this thing going. And yeah. then it's like pandemic happens. Yes. You get going. And then the pandemic happens. And then it's just like, you know, with that, man, it was just like, you know, we ended up, you know, Urban Roots, we ended up assuming the rest of Bach, you know, and like, you know, selling's focus on what they got to focus on and just kind of just, you know, do things just in a simple way to move forward. So it's been a process, man. And that project's not done, man. We got some, we got some stuff coming up with it. Okay. That, that place is a bar. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, you know, we got a little, a little secret, man, coming up. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to send you a little DM. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. There's a part two of Bach. There's a part two of Bach. I love it. I, I love being in the know. So, yes, let, let me know what's going on. Uh, we could talk offline for that one. But um, we're, yep. we're, we're almost to the end here. And uh, you ready? We got to do um, our coming in hot segment. So this is for anything that's on your mind. It could be political. It could be fun. It could be, you know, this some motherfucker this morning was talking some shit, you know, like. <laughs> so, Rob, Rob Archie, hold on a second, baby. Hold on a second. So, Rob Archie, it is time to come in hot. What you got, Rob? 
Man, I'm just going to say this. I'm coming in from last night where, look, we closed down all the restaurants at 4 o'clock. Pangea, Bach, Urban Roots. Okay. Everybody we opened up the bar, and we was like, you know what? It's your time. And how I'm coming in hot is this, man, is everybody that's feeling bad for themselves, unappreciative of the moment, it's like, bro, I don't feel sorry for you. Like, as an owner – as, you know, a, a husband, as a, you know, boss, as whatever you want to call me, it's like, I just feel appreciative right now. Like, we had a great time last night, but it just reminded me, man, of like, what we just went through was crazy. You know, the pandemic is, it was insane. And it's like, we didn't know what to expect, you know, when it first started and how we were going to come out. But it just made me say, it's like now people, people have a chance to, what I realized, like people talking about, you know, people aren't applying for jobs and whatever. Also, what people, I don't know if want to talk about is, man, people got a chance to reflect. And they got to realize, I actually might not like working, might not like working for this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I want to go do this. Or maybe I want to do, you know what I'm saying? So it's a time to be appreciating them appreciating, you know, our families, appreciating each other. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, fuck all this victim shit, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, this, this last, this last 16, 17 months now, you know, like if you haven't took a look at yourself and changed a few things, then that's your problem. Because, you know, like us as business owners, us as black owned business owners that we yeah. don't, we don't get, the, you know, we don't get top of the barrel, you know what I mean? And, you know, like this is true fucking talk. So, you know, like we have, we have more pressure on us, but during this pandemic, I got my shit together. I got my mental health together. I got it back on track. I got my physical health together to make me better for my employees, to make me better husband, make me a better father. You know, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. If people don't want to come back to work, you got to figure that out for yourself, owners. You know what I mean? Like, I I had somebody text me that's been with me for three years, just text me out of the blue. I quit. You know what? I replied, okay. You know, like, (laughs) you know why? Because I got a fucking business to run. You know, (laughs) like, it's it's just what it is. People make those decisions, and that's their decision. There's no, there's no reason to be over there trying to, you know, get people back and all this stuff. Okay, move to the next one. How can I make my business better while this person is leaving? Well, this is what I'm saying, man. You know, Cecil, to kind of go off what you're saying is this. Everybody wants to talk about the fads, crazes, trends, you know, read the news and say, okay, this is what's happening in the restaurant world. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, I didn't defy all that shit already. Yes. Oh, in 2008. With no experience as a black man in Curtis Park, Oak Park, selling beer that nobody drank, way <laughs> overpriced for what they used to buy. Not overpriced, a good value, but you more expensive. Yep. And at the end of the day, it's like, bro, dope is dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And bro, if you ain't at that spot, get to work. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I got I got five values of kindness, and number one rule is what you just said. Number one value is what you just said. Kindness starts with me. Mm-hmm. It means I need to be kind to myself mm-hmm. before I 
get up and fucking tweet on something that I have an opinion on or say something to someone else or have an opinion on whatever. It's like, I need to be taking care of Rob. Yes. And that's the best thing I could do for anybody, mm-hmm. including my children, my wife, you know what I'm saying? My teammates. Yep. It's like, dude, you, you got to take care of yourself, especially in this industry. You talk about mental health, talk about physical health. We're around food, booze, all kinds of temptation all the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to be disciplined. Yep. And you got to take care of yourself. So like, that's one thing that like, I appreciate the pandemic for. I travel more than I ever traveled, man, during the <laughs> pandemic, you know what I'm saying? Built out this van, we were gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Grand Canyon twice, all that. Beautiful. That's a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. Hey, this is great, man. Uh, anytime you want to, you know, hang out or do anything outside of, you know, what we already do, I'm here for you, brother. Um, you already look like you got it going on. You got a great chef out there. You got a great business, great business model, great restaurants, great restaurateur, great entrepreneur. Thank you for coming to coming in hot, Rob. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything that you're doing for this industry. Appreciate everything that you're doing for SAC. Keep it up, brother. Yo, man, you got to put a mirror right there because you're doing the same thing, bro. I try. I'm going to record that and listen to it, man. That make me sound good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey you could, this, this could be your theme music coming out of the tunnel, baby. <laughs> hey man, yo, I appreciate you the same thing, man. I, I love to do a project with you, man. I love to do a collab or do something. You know what I'm saying? We got to get down, man, to represent, man. I'm always down, man. I'm always down. A little Bach, Nash and Proper Action. I, I can, I can feel that follow. one. I can feel that one coming. Yeah, we can connect. So shoot me, shoot me a text offline, man, and we're going to connect, man. I'm going to, you know I'm saying, roll you through this little uh, part two of Bach. I got you. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate y'all. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Peace.